0: Hello friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports. Today we have the incredible Jason Mizrahi. Jason uh, has won over $300,000 playing Daily Fantasy Sports, so I think right there is a pretty good reason to at least listen to this episode. Jason currently has a company, WinDaily, where he talks about Daily Fantasy Sports, what it is, what they do, and how he's been able to create a significant amount of content around WinDaily, and has now turned it into... Just an absolute powerhouse of a career. He's written a book. He has a radio. um, He's a radio host on Sirius XM. He's a sports writer for USA Today. Uh, Again, he has podcasts. He has a television show that is seen by millions of people every week. So Jason's doing some pretty darn cool stuff. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and what Jason's all about. Killer, killer, killer! All right, Jason Mizrahi. how you doing today, man?
1: Good. So, how are we doing this podcast? Are you recording now? Or?
0: Yeah, I just started recording, and whatever. It's 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 fun. So, essentially, all we're trying to do is I just want to learn more about you. I mean, I know a little bit, but I want the people to know. Um, I want to know what you're working on, what your business is like, maybe a little bit about your book, maybe about your writing career. I hear you're a radio host, a podcast host. You got a lot of stuff going on. So, I just want I want people to, I want more people to know about it, Jason, because I think you're a pretty cool guy.
1: Thank you. Thank you, dude. I appreciate the the kind words. So basically, yeah, I got a lot of going on. Um, hosting Sirius Satellite Radio on the Fantasy Sports Network, uh, basically every Saturday night from 11 to 1 a.m. Um, there's potential to add a new show. Um, hopefully everything goes well. We're going to get a second night um, sometime during the week or the weekend. So that's something that it's basically taking up a lot of my time on a weekend, so no vacations and just working seven days a week. Um, but that's, you know, it's fun to me. You know, I never thought I'd be on a radio, but I actually really enjoy it, to be honest with you. Nothing I ever planned on doing in my life. It just kind of, yeah. I guess to some extent, fell in my lap, even though I went for it when I realized it was an opportunity. But um, now that it's here, I actually look forward to driving into the city, trying to find parking and spending. You know, walking through Rockefeller Center and, you know, off Broadway and where the tree is and everything else during Christmas time and holiday time is chaotic and hectic. I I literally parked like a half a mile away just not to be around that.
0: But, like, the energy there, come on. Rockefeller Center at Christmas, it's like uh, there's no more Christmas that I can think of.
1: Yeah. So once you get out the car and you're done with the bumper-to-bumper and you actually smell the crisp air, And people are running around with lights and there's little kids walking around the Macy's, you know, uh, themes that are going around. Yeah, you get a buzz that you don't get in Long Island or outside of the city. So getting there is rough. But once you're there, you do get that energy that you really feel like it's Christmas where everything else is so fast paced in your life. And you kind of have to stop and look and appreciate kind of like when you were a kid, like, you know, something's really going on here. So the energy is alive in the city.
0: I love it, man. No, that's awesome. And yeah, again, really appreciate you hanging out with me for a little bit tonight. Um, as I said, think you're a pretty cool guy. You got a lot of stuff going on. If you need a co-host or, I mean, even if you just want me to call in, like I'll, I'll call in like every night if you want, like that's fine. I'll, I'll ask you all the questions because I came in last place this year in my fantasy league. So clearly I needed some of the help. Yeah,
1: man. Listen, adding a second show um, I'm going to need more help, you know, so you never know Perfect. When, I, when I give you a call. Consider,
0: consider this an interview. How's that sound?
1: There you go. Consider this sort
0: um, an interview, Jason.
1: Yeah, security's tight there, but um, if I get you across the, the border in there and i uh, get you into the studio, you're smooth sailing from there. I just got to get you, uh, maybe this could be the pilot, and we can send it over to them, and, you know, you could be a backup. Um, whenever somebody, like literally right now, my co-host had his first child,
0: Congratulations.
1: Uh, yeah, so I actually did the last show by myself, which is tough, man. Uh, I'll be honest, man. Talking talking to yourself for two hours is <laughs> rather rough. Luckily, I had a couple of guys from Windaily Sports, like my team, um, who were really supportive guys, and they hopped on. So I had three guys come on. They did two segments each, but I had to do like three or four segments just talking to dead air, mm-hmm. which, you know – starting a show by yourself is kind of weird. You know, I Mm -hmm. recorded for myself, like on a podcast, but recording, knowing that you're live on Sirius Radio and syndicated across the country, is a little bit different. So not that I was nervous, but, you know, it was a struggle to get through those 15 minutes by myself because I'm looking at the clock like, all right, I got to get out. Uh, And there's more worries when there's nobody else you're talking to. So, Absolutely you know, the, the time pressure, knowing that you got to talk for 15 minutes, like I can talk for an, an hour by myself. But knowing that you got to talk for 15 minutes kind of switches things up. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, that I, it sounds like something I'd want to do until I get there. I think yeah. does, does that does that sound right? Like, I would love to do that. I love talking into this microphone. I love talking to people, all the callers in the world, whatever. Um, But until I actually was able to do something like that or get there to do that. I could see, yeah, watching that clock tick down. You think you just talked for 20 minutes and you got 14 minutes more. Uh, yeah, I, exactly. I could see that. I, I, could... like,
2: I'm like,
1: I know I got through 15 and I, I get through seven. I'm like, what am I going to talk about now? <laughs> Late at night and the, games are, the games, it's a weird week too because the games were pretty much over. Yep. Um, And on top of the games being over, NFL season is, you know, dwindling down. There's only two games on Sunday. So it was difficult, but got through it and you know i got it under my belt that, you know now i did it so now i know i can do it again so exactly. every time from now on out will be easier
0: add it to the resume man and so so just to so jason is the owner of winnow daily da- winnow daily, F- daily fantasy sport you say it i'm out
1: see you are failing man i don't know if we can bring you on serious now it's <laughs> windailysports.com. oh win
0: daily where does winnow.com where does win now me. come from? I don't know. Maybe it, that's
1: your new venture that nobody Maybe.
0: Right? Oh, there we go. Maybe the no, LLC is sure win now.
1: It's taken, win now has got to be taken.
0: Uh, I hope so at this point. But win daily fantasy sports. Um, damn up, it. Win still daily, daily sports. There. there Good.
1: You go. There you go. Win daily win sports. Win
0: daily sports. So Great everybody bo- can
1: remember it because we just plugged it like seven times yeah. in a row.
0: That, see it, this is all it's a, i'm a mastermind dude i'm playing chess you're playing checkers like it's not even you have no idea um author of win daily i read that book so i'm pretty sure that is yeah, the that name is of the, the book got that one. Pete rose uh, i thought that was pretty cool did the forward that was pretty sweet um
1: I actually oh, finally got to meet him in person about like yeah. a month ago and he still has that swag because i was like how do i talk to this guy this guy's a legend get to meet him and he signed – I don't know if you ever saw, like, that infamous picture of him sliding head first with, like, his hair.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So he's signing that picture. I'm, like, I'm talking to him, kind of, like, just bullshitting with him. And then I tell him, listen, you know, um, I showed him my thumb, and you can see stitches on my thumb and stuff. I'm, like, yeah, I actually tore my UCL and broke my thumb sliding head first into third base this past summer. He's, like, you did it wrong. Yeah. I was like, oh man, he's got the swag So That's he's awesome. Like, I, slid, I slid thousands of times, never got hurt. I'm like, "Well, I don't even know how to respond to that. I just kind of laughed it off. Like, this, I can't say anything to this guy. The guy's a legend. But he still has got swag. He's he still got confidence. Real good dude. And, you know, it was cool to meet him, man. You know, I talked to him a couple of times over the phone, sent emails back and forth to kind of get the forward right with him and never really got to meet him. It was cool to actually shake his hand. Uh, now I got to a signed autograph by him. It was cool. You know, he signed a couple copies of the book. So I got some memories to take home with me.
0: There you go, dude. No, I thought that, that part was really cool. I mean, what made you want Pete Rose to do the forward? Cause I know that was something you and I actually spoke about that a while ago when you were in the process of reading, writing the book, I think right around the time you were considering, or, or at least in the process of reaching out to him, if I'm not mistaken, but why Pete Rose? I mean, considering the controversy around him uh, is, you know, not, light uh, it's pretty heavy in certain circles like what was it that made you want him to be a part of it
1: um you know as far as from a marketing standpoint i thought it made a lot of sense like Mm -hmm. all right it's it's fancy sports it's win daily it's a mindset competitiveness and you know there's a gambling and a fancy aspect of it so when i wrote a list on who i want to be on my forward you know a couple a couple names popped up pete was at the top i'm like Let me just take a shot at this. Let me see if this is possible. I'm like, there's probably a 10, 15, maybe 16, 17% chance maximum that this guy's going to agree to to write a forward for a book about gambling and fantasy sports. Probably less than 10%, but I'm like, you know what, screw it. So I reach out to um, his agent, his marketing, did some research, reach out to his agent, no answer. Reach out again. He's like, "Uh, what do you want? I'm like, well, I, I want to see if Pete's interested in writing forward. He's like, he's probably not. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm like, well, can we talk about it? It took like two three calls, calling them back. And then I, I figured out a way to make it all make sense to, to their side of thing. And it went through. It was just, you know, you got to try, man. I'm not scared of anything, you know, outside of snakes, to be honest with you. You put a snake in my room, yeah. I'll walk out of it. Really? The spiders.
0: Yeah. Spiders for me, man. I, I'm not about it.
1: Yeah. Spiders out of mind, man. When they put them in a bus full of snakes, I would have probably just cried and like killed myself. But outside of that, um, not scared to get a no, man. So figured to ask, see what happens. Same way I got the serious show. Like people come up to me like, oh, I've been trying to get a serious show. I've been trying to do this all my life. I'm like, dude, if I can get a serious show, I don't have a voice radio, never really had aspirations of goals to have a serious show. And I have it. So I even told my boy who like, he he wanted to be a rapper all his life. He's into hip hop. He writes, he rhymes. I said, dude, if I can get a serious show, I need to hear you you on the radio one of these days, man, you can do it. Just, just push through it. Whatever you have to do, just get it on once, twice to make it happen. And then, you know, overcoming these kind of obstacles or, People call them obstacles. I think they're opportunities. If you get it, you don't. If not, you move on to the, to the next person on the list. And that's kind of how I've been attacking things, man. Just I surprise myself sometimes that it actually works out as planned. A lot of times it doesn't work out, but you just got to go to the next one, man. If it's not number one on your list, it's number two or number three. And then number three will be good enough, man, if you start at the
0: top. Yeah, man. No, I, I totally agree. I just think it's super cool. I mean, you got Pete Rose, you have this serious show. Um, you I also saw and I had no idea that you're a writer for you a contributing writer for USA Today as well. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're clearly doing some stuff. Uh, and I think it's awesome. And yeah, that's, again, why I wanted to have you on a little bit. So if you don't mind, so first question is, I mean, sports, right? Like, who doesn't love sports? Fan is short for fanatic. Like, what is it? Where where is the love of sports? Where does that come from in your life? Whether it was growing up playing, I mean, clearly you're still playing. Somehow, I don't know how old you are, and I'm not going to give it away. If I did know, but how are you tearing your UCL sliding head first? Like, dude, what are you doing, man? Very
1: competitive softball. But I mean, like,
0: come on, man, you got kids right now. I'm busting, but I'm like, where where does the love of sports come from, and where where have you? How have you been able to take that love and really turn it into, you know, a legitimate business, a writing career? a radio host, and uh, an author of a book?
1: Um, super competitive, you know, ever since I was young. I never really carried around toys. I wasn't the type of kid who had, like, G.I. Joes and Legos. I always had a, a ball, a glove, a bat, and that's what I was doing all my life. You know, from my three years old, four years old, always really, really, really into sports. So played every sport after school, played every sport in high school, um, football, basketball, baseball played hockey, all at competitive levels. Um, Could have played it in college, but I decided to go to the fraternity life and party and enjoy school over continuing playing baseball. So that was a, a choice I made to kind of give it up as far as I'm not going to the league. I was injured too many times, needed surgery on my elbow. So I kind of gave up baseball at that point, but I still played, I played baseball after college when I got back home. And then we found out about softball, like someone invited me to play softball. Um, then that turned into like getting into more competitive leagues. And then we started playing these competitive tournaments, which we traveled across the country playing competitive softball. As crazy as that sounds, there's leagues out there. We traveled the ESPN complex in Florida, oh, no way! all down the East coast. And we're it's, it's crazy. Like kids are actually guys, kids, whatever you want to call them. We're like taking steroids, fighting with each other cutting their friends off teams like it was like no joke softball like benching their friends for you know dropping them from somebody better from another team it was like cutthroat like worse than like coaches in high school yeah. were to their friends uh-huh. that's how that's how it got and it got it got to the point where it wasn't really fun it was taking a, a bunch of time so I kind of scaled that back now I just play more just for fun but I'm gonna be 37 in a couple weeks so you can get that out of me
0: can, uh, uh, happy birthday bud
1: Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm,
0: so, I'm in a beer league softball. Like, yes. beer, it's fun. It's a blast. Yeah. It's we're terrible, but it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah,
0: slug That's a couple. You
1: stay kind of, kind of active. Softball is not so active. <laughs> kind of active. You get out of the house for a couple hours, and you don't really think about life. You don't think about business. You don't think about work, and you kind of just act like a kid, you know, to some extent
0: yeah hang out it's it's a child's game man we're just here to have a good time like what the heck these guys making what Garrett Cole get 324 million whatever that number ended up being
1: yeah, a lot of money
0: good for money. him well deserved but um yeah I mean at the core of it uh, you know I played baseball since I was like six yeah. it's just slightly more competitive where he's at uh but I love that man now sports I mean the competitive nature of it uh I played a bunch growing up um I stopped around the end of high school cause I knew same thing. Wasn't going to play in college. Wasn't going to go to the league. Then I went to college. Um, and then, yeah, I decided to party a little bit while I was there too. And it was a blast, but well, as long as we have a good time, right? We only get to do this thing once. So very happy yeah. about it. But, um, so win daily sports, I think I got yeah. it. How many times, how many times do you think we should make a counter? How many times we have to say that this episode? Um, Talk to, me, talk to me about the business a little bit. I mean, like I, I understand it. I know what you're doing. Um, uh, the book, obviously, you have some really great stories in the book, the one where you win $150,000 and you're featured in a commercial. Well, I want to get to that at some point. But give me the premise behind the business and what exactly you're trying to do for the community that you've been able to cultivate.
1: Yeah, so it all started when my wife had this crazy idea to write a book. So it kind of started then. And I kind of shrugged it off like, why the hell would I write a book? I don't like writing. So that's where it started. Then I read a lot of books. So it made kind of, you know, it made sense to me write a book. You know, it's something that not many people do. So let me just think about this. But then I kind of brushed it off. And then somebody, you know, those like Instagram, um, they just like bought at you and like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. followers. I can do this for you. I can do that for you. So some guy came up or bought whatever you want to call it. Messaged me and said, Hey, you ever thought about writing a book about your consulting business? I said, Me being naive, I said if I ever wrote a book, I'd write it about my daily fantasy sports career and not consulting, because that's a lot more exciting talking about going to the Playboy mansion rather than consulting for other businesses. But I took it as a sign. If my wife is telling me now an Instagram bot <laughs> is trying to sell me on writing a book, I probably should write this book. So well just-
0: what was the bot's response? Cause that's a pretty, I don't think the bot gets that response too often.
1: So I think it was a real person. Cause then I followed up with the bot or the person, but I know this guy now and you know, he does automation through LinkedIn and Instagram. So I think it was a bot that like gets this conversation yeah, flowing, okay. and When it kicks over to a certain point. He steps in. All right. I had all a right. conversation with him. He's like, listen, you know, I can help you publish your book. This, this, that, other thing will be this. It'll be that for you. It'll be. Great for you. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, great idea. I'll do it by myself. But that was the the sign to officially make it happen. It was my wife. And then it was the universe kind of telling me, Hey, do this. And uh, I did it. And then basically had no intention to make a website. Honest to God truth. I didn't want to be this tout who's making these claims that he's the best in the world And he can go out there and make all the perfect picks because that's what I kind of tried to avoid when I was making my own picks to avoid the noise. So I said, I'm not doing that. And then when the book was done, I started talking to my friends, like, listen, how are you going to promote this book? I'm like, I was going to put it out there and see what happens. They're like, no, you can't do that. You got to be doing this. So then, like, three or four weeks in, I'm like, all right. So I guess I got to start podcasting and I have to start a website. So I literally recruited. A developer and a couple people to help out and start this website. And with no serious plans outside of that, did I I make a decision to start a website after writing this book? And then, you know, my entrepreneur self kicked in and then it was full throttle from there. So the idea is like, all right, I guess I got to do this now because I can't just release the book and then the brand kind of dies with the book. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a lot of money or a publisher behind you, It's not going to get so far. Um, So I'm like, you know what? Let the book be the business card, the calling card, the introduction to everything I'm about to do, and then let me just see what happens. And from there, picked out a name, picked out a website, got a developer. The first developer was terrible, um, flaking, um, not good at all. And I fought tooth and nail with him to get to the point that it's, you know, it work to some extent we had articles wordpress this and the other thing and then went through another developer which is i turned one of my writers who wasn't really a developer into a developer then he completely like business is kind of chugging along where we have a bunch of members and people are signed up and then one day he just completely ghosted me and i haven't heard from him since. so if you're out there i'm not going to mention names but if you're out there bud just tell me why tell me why (laughs) I think I know why, you know, I think the site got bigger than what he can handle and he Mm -hmm. didn't want to tell me that. So he just basically never emailed me, called me and I was like frantically like, Oh my God, I have paying subscribers. Not a lot at that point, but I have some subscribers. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to develop a website. What the hell am I going to do? So then I went ahead. I just called everybody I know like, yo, I need a developer. And just like when, you know, the moral of the story, becoming a long story, but the moral of the story is when you think something is so bad and, oh, my God, and I was in that point that I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, I got all these people, and I can't fix the website tomorrow if anything goes down. Like, if it maintains, I might be able to maintain it for, like, a couple of days. But, like, if anything goes wrong, if somebody needs a refund or this, I don't think, I don't know how to do anything. But call my connects. One guy is like, yo, I have this guy who I outsource all my website stuff to. You should talk to him. And this gentleman named William, well, I'll mention his name.
0: I was going to say, we can mention his name. That's you can fine. Mention his
1: name. He's <laughs> a godsend. Like, without him, this was like in the middle of baseball season. Without him, I would not be where I'm at today. So, from this one dude ghosting me, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to my business to this point. So, like, looking back, I was ready to, like, like – just fall on the floor and crash and then it ended up being the best boost to the business because he was able to there was so much stuff broken with the website that I didn't even know myself because I didn't Mm -hmm. know the back end when he saw this like dude like everything like I tell him like can you do this like yeah I can but I got to fix like five other things before I do that and this guy um luckily he was a he's an American Name William who moved out. He, he had a development business and moved out to India about 10 years ago. And now he has a crew of people underneath him and resources around him. So now I'm able to scale a lot quicker and faster. And plus he has more experience than anybody that I've met in the States and developers. I don't know if you ever worked with developers, but they're the hardest breed of people to deal with. Like me and you, we can go play softball together. We can talk on a podcast for a while we can talk about business, we can talk about sports, none of those things you can do with a developer. Yeah. A developer are just like in a box, like uh-huh. they only know code, they develop. They don't like really people for the most part, they don't like sales, they don't like marketing, and they're not visual really. So whatever, and they always keep you behind a closed door, like, yeah, I'm working on it, all right, is it done? No, it's not done yet, all right, it's gonna be another week, all right, it's gonna be more money. But then when they actually unveil it to you, like, I didn't want any of this, this looks horrible. That's what usually happens with developers. And then you're always stranded for the next one. But William has been a blessing. And like I said, moral of the story is when you think something's really bad, uh, it could actually be a positive for yourself, business, whatever. So you got to always look at what the opportunity is in any kind of situation. So from there, now in a matter of six months uh, from launching the website, we launched it like around April. Um... We're up to the point that we've hit break-even, you know, so we're not losing money anymore, which for a website in 2020, to my knowledge, is kind of ridiculous. Like, it usually doesn't happen that way. Usually these companies are burning through, you know, money month over month over month, and they never hit a break-even point. The community loves us because we're really taking it from a – we're not these touts that are just saying, play this guy. He's the best guy we actually created a a community in our discord chat that from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I go to sleep and I wake up at six and I go to sleep like at two most mornings, people are talking, talking in this community, asking real questions. And my team, like my guy, Javi, David, um, Phil, there's so many of them. I got 25, 20 to 25 guys. And they're all like me and you. They really want to help people. They're not like scumbags. They're not in it for the money. They're not in it to – they're all professionals. They're making their money. Like Avi's won over $250,000 in the last like three months. And he's he's still in our Discord chat working for free to help people. That's the type of person he is. David's won probably like $150,000. And these two guys have – they're both married and one's engaged. They both have real jobs, making a ton of money in their real jobs, and they're still helping these people in Discord all day long. So that's what really sets us apart is that community aspect. Anytime someone emails me, I email them back. They're like, is this really you? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's my signature. (laughs) Nobody's faking my account, my email address. I give my email address out on the radio. People call us up. I say, yo, just hit me up on email, man. I'm there, you know? And then it's funny to me, like, people are running small operations. They don't answer their emails. Like, Like, I hope the lady in my daycare is not listening, but we just started daycare with my my wife.
0: Don't say her name. Don't say her (laughs) name. Don't say her name.
1: And she didn't email my wife back for like a week and a half. I'm like, and I went to her, I'm like, listen, you know, it's our first week. It's our first child. You know, she's like, she needs these questions answered for us to move smoothly through this process. She's like, oh man, I get like 200 emails a day. I know she's lying to me, but like, even if you got 200 emails a day, like, you got to get to them sometime. You can't just let them go out for like a week and a half. Yeah. Work through the nonsense. And if you have a client who has their kid in your daycare, you should probably answer that email when it's just a one-liner back. Yeah, just pack her back, whatever it was, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is, man. You know, the, the team is strong. We have over 4,000, 5,000 users in the community now. And we got big plans for 2020 now, man. It's really you know, future growth, some new developments, um, a lot more tools with the website that are going to be added. So really excited, man.
0: Dude, I think, I mean, I think it's awesome. Uh, as you said, I, I I remember when you were building it, all of it being community-based, making sure that you're actually caring for the people, um, being authentic. Uh, I was actually, I was listening to an interview with uh, Erica Nardini, uh, Barstool CEO, and she was she was talking about something where, These big companies now are having meetings to find out how to be more authentic, which is just super backwards. Because if you need to have a meeting to figure out how to be authentic, you're clearly not being authentic, right? And like I know you and I know what you're trying to do and how you're trying to build the community. It is very authentic. I've emailed you. And I think I've gotten some weird times back where it's, yeah, like 6.15 in the morning, 1.48 at night. Like, I'm receiving those emails back. They aren't about fantasy because I was going to lose anyway. It didn't really matter. Um, but I know that's you and you're doing that stuff and you're getting to it. And I, I really appreciate it. But um, so I've said it a couple times, uh, fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports. You've told me everything about the business except for what the business is. So what is win daily sports. What do you do? What is the community based around? Like, what are you actually doing for these people and for this community that you have cultivated?
1: Good question. Good question. <laughs> you kind of
0: talked job. around it. You yeah. did a great job. I loved all the information. We just never actually got to what you do.
1: Yeah. So DraftKings, FanDuel, um, Yahoo, Fantasy Draft. There's so many sites out there now that people are playing on. They're going in blind. They're risking a bunch of money. They're losing a bunch of money and they're playing daily fantasy sports. So I don't know if you've seen the commercials, but simply put, you risk money, you build a lineup and you go against other people doing the same thing. And this industry has evolved in the last seven, eight, nine years where there's a lot of tools out there and there are a lot of sharp money in there, people playing this professionally and they're trying to take your money. They're trying to take my money and they're trying to win all the money and Um, it's serious business, man. There's people winning, like who've turned this into a business. They only do this and they're making a million dollars a year. There's people getting lucky and they'll win a million dollars in a day. There's people getting lucky and they win a hundred thousand dollars in a random Saturday or Sunday. There's real money being changed hands every single day. So what we do is we publish around five to seven articles every single day. Um, most of which are free. So that free content we put out from other professionals like Javi, myself, David, uh, Nick, Phil, all these guys who play every day, we write articles on the site and we try to give the insight on these are the guys in the best situations, um, good values that are going to hopefully do what we intend them to do to help you make money. Then we have projection models, which are really data driven. So basically based on the numbers, this guy's projected at this many points, this guy's projected at that many points. So we have projection models. Then we also do cheat sheets. So we narrow it down again. So there's 500 people you can pick for on a, on a given Sunday. We try to narrow it down for 25 to 50 of them so you can pick from that. So we try to make – we understand everybody's busy, man. You're busy. I'm busy. If I can cut down someone's research time from three hours to 20 minutes, and like some guy messaged me on Facebook just yesterday. He's like, listen, I haven't played DFS NBA for about two years. I looked at your cheat sheet. I made a lineup in two minutes, and I tripled my money. I was like, that's amazing. You know, not saying that happens every day, yeah, but yeah, yeah. for him to be able to do that, it's coming from him. I didn't make it up, but he really did that last night. And now we have Discord. Discord, I think, is our biggest asset to the people. That's that chat room that you can go in there and ask real pros. It's kind of like if you wanted to be a doctor, you can pay $20 a month, and you can speak to doctors about how to be a doctor. Imagine that. Like, or if you were a lawyer, you were going to law school and like, hey, I got these tough questions on my test. What's, what, what should I be talking about here? What are the answers to this? Why is this the answer? Oh, that's what it's about. Oh, okay. It's like you're getting access to professionals for $20 a month, which comes out to, you know, like 40 cents a day, whatever it comes out to. It's cheap, man. It's less than I, I spend $20 on a lunch. Yeah. Pretty much four or five days a week, you know. So, what are you being, buying for lunch, dude? I eat healthy, man. I get like a fresh juice. I get like a, a veggie burger or something All like right. that. It's not cheap, man. That's yeah. Cheap.
0: Food is fuel, so you put it in what you get in, what you put out, or put it in what you get out. Whatever the heck that is, but I get it. But you're plus you're in New York half the time, so yeah. Yeah.
1: So you know that's what we do, man. We really try to help handheld. You know, we're we're really holding people's hands, making sure they you know people post lineups in our our Discord chat, and we say hey, you got to take that guy out. That guy is not – he's not going to have – he's not going to make it happen today. So take him out, slide him in. This is what I'm looking at. This is what my li- lineup's looking like. I might change it, but this is where I'm at right now in my construction. So that's there for him. And we also do sports betting too. You know, sports betting is just on the brink. You know, it's really just on the brink. And it's, it's going to change people's lives, man. It's going to be negative, positive, and it's going to be in between. You know, some people like yourself – I know what type of person you are. You're going to do it for the entertainment factor here and there. You Mm -hmm. know, you're not going to go, you're not going to go deep one way or another. You're not going to go into this. Oh my God. You know, you might go to a game and you might bet five, 10, 20 bucks on it. I know your demeanor just by seeing you, but there's going to be people who have that addictive personality that are going to be going $500, $1,000, $10,000 a game. And you know, they shouldn't be doing that, man. They really shouldn't be doing that. But we have three guys on our site that do it for a living, straight up. You know, one of my good friends, Steve, from he lives in Jersey by you. And he hasn't had a job, I don't think, a day in his life. You know, I don't know. I haven't gone back so far. But, yo, Did you ever work like at Walmart uh, high school or something yeah, like that? Right. Because he went from being a professional poker player online, racking up tons of money, to a professional DFS player, and now – He kind of feels like the edge is gone in DFS a little bit. So he became a professional sports better and he's disciplined as hell and he pays his bills. He has, he has money in the bank. I've seen it and that's all he does for a living. He's super disciplined. So like, and we have a a chat room just for that. And we have sports betting articles just for that because, you know, that can get away from you real quick. Um, So we really try to help people to make, you know, educated investments with their sports betting investments, not just betting whatever, you know, they feel like. So we really try to help people out, man. So for $20 a month, you can make up like your whole year subscriptions by not making mistakes, learning how to bet, learning the industry, um, and, and really trying to avoid the sharks, better content selection and making right decisions throughout the process.
0: No, I mean, that's all of that is is fantastic, man. I mean, first off, to have, to not never have a job a day in your life. I mean, I truly, truly enjoy what I do, and I know you love what you do too. But that it's it's got a cool ring to it, you know. Just being a professional gambler, um, that's got to be a lot of fun. Uh, so there's definitely that. And yes, you you hit you hit the nail on the head. I do not gamble a lot i like maybe two bets three bets a year i lose all of them my brother has now figured out whatever i ask to bet um he just fades me and wins uh he doesn't tell me till after the fact but it is kind of funny uh the only time i ever won so i actually not the biggest fan of colin cowherd but he said some interesting things and i can't remember when i was listening to him or watching him but he he was bringing up like he to stop enjoying his favorite football team he would bet against them every single week so he would actually root against them so that way he could pay for his rent because if he won all four bets he would then have enough money to pay for rent or whatever i was like that's a really great way of doing it so i hate the eagles the one they went on the super bowl run i bet fifty dollars on them every single time to win so i recouped i mean i won all the bets i I, does I just hate
1: that. it my friend does that too what he history behind it is he bets against his favorite teams So, if they lose, he wins money. If they win, he's happy because his favorite team wins. Yes. If there's big games, like a big pressure game, he'll bet against his favorite team. So, he walks away a winner either way. That's the way he looks at it.
0: Exactly. I've done that. So, I've done that with the Eagles. I did that with the Yankees uh, a couple years ago when they made it to Game 7. So, the way I look at it is if I lose – I paid for them to lose, which is worth the 20 or 50 bucks, whatever I put down because my happiness is everything, Jason, our happiness is go. everything. Um, so, so uh, you obviously talk to a lot of daily fantasy players. You obviously talk to a lot of gamblers and you, you said the word a couple of times. So I want to bring it up again, discipline. Um, I have to assume that's the number one thing that comes into factor when you do want to do this either professionally or you actually want to make money doing it. You can't be like me and just be like, oh, I hate the Eagles. Let me bet on them. I hate the Yankees. Let me bet on them. You have to be strict and you actually have, have to know what you're doing. So what what is like the makeup of, I guess, your personality that allowed you to actually become very, very successful um, at doing this for for a living?
1: Discipline is not my, my greatest asset okay. you know, when it comes to this. So like I've been better at playing than I have been at my discipline. But if I had a choice, I'd rather be more disciplined than be better because it would prevent the traps and prevent the emotional forcing of plays. Um, if I can make the perfect gambler or perfect DFS player, is somebody who is very detail-oriented at creating a plan and sticking to the plan. And that's the toughest thing to do with sports betting and that's why I really love DFS over sports betting. And that's why I don't really sports bet too much. If you gave me one pick in a week, say, listen, Jay, you got to make one pick and you go and make one play this week, I think my win rate would probably be around 80, 90%. I feel really confident about that. But if you give me access to an account and I can just bet whenever I want, wherever I want, my discipline, as I get older, I've gotten more disciplined and I've learned from my mistakes in the past. If I can make the perfect DFS player, discipline would be one of the most important things. You got to set a plan. You got to understand. See, I understand never betting money I don't have. You know? Yeah, um, that's.
0: But, it sounds uh, obvious, but I know a lot of people fall into that trap, right? Yeah, so
1: that I never worry about. Um, but my problem is after you win money, and this is, you know, honesty right here, after you win money, they're just numbers on the screen. You know, your life doesn't really change. You have a nice car. You have a nice family. You have a nice house. And there's numbers on the screen. So they don't really start meaning much to you. And when they lose value on the screen, then you just start playing like a donkey and just throwing money away here, money away there, because it doesn't really, nothing really affects your life. So, you know, that's the biggest thing that I got to, I've kind of learned my lesson numerous times over the years. And I think I officially learned it the last time that, you know what, I could put my money into something else after a big win. So I think, you know, the, the the next move for me after my next big hit would be to take the money out of the account and really put it to the side. I mean, like, somewhere, since I don't have the discipline as much as I, I want, put it somewhere where it can't be touched. Like, go put it in real estate where at least it's got to sit there for a couple years or forever, you know, or put it in a college fund for my daughter now that I have a daughter, you know. So the next hit... It's going to go somewhere where it's not going in one bank account it can easily come back into here or go to there, like put it somewhere where for the most part it can just sit in park and it'd be tough to sell a house and pull it back out you know so that's the next move so discipline is key, um but it's also taking risks are key you know if you don't take risk in life or in anything you've got to take them you've got to take calculated risk so that's something i've always i've always felt good with. Like I don't drink and drive ever. I think that's completely you being an idiot. Um that's not a risk I would take, but calculator risk in business or calculator risk in DFS or in gambling or in a casino, you know, when you know what you're up against and you know it's a risk worth taking, you know, go for it, man. So you gotta take risk in life. You gotta just go out there and see what the hell happens. Cause a lot of time, um like I saw something in Will Smith, he's talking about stories now. He, for whatever reason, if you haven't seen this video, it's actually pretty cool. Um, he was talking to his like son or daughter, or whoever it was, and they were out at a campfire. And I guess they were drinking a little bit, and they all decided they're going to go skydiving the next day. And then um, he starts freaking out, like trying to talk himself out of it. Like, I don't think I want to do this. Why did I make this decision? But he told his kids he's going to do it, so he's kind of like freaking out about it. He didn't really want to do it. but he he was worrying about it and worrying about it and worrying about it all day long, worries about it. He goes up on a plane, worries about it, worries about it. Then when he jumps out and comes down, it was the best thing he ever did in his life, he said. So a lot of times you worry about stuff. You worry about taking this risk and when you actually get on stage or you get on the mic or you're jumping out of the plane, you realize that you just worried for nothing because mm-hmm. it wasn't that bad of a thing. It was actually something you enjoyed doing, but you were worrying the whole time that a lot of people don't even end up doing it because they worry themselves out of it. So you got to take risk, calculate a risk and, you know, push yourself, come out of your comfort zone. And that's when I truly think the biggest of your accomplishments will happen.
0: I love it, man. That went from like daily fantasy to like some real great life advice. I I appreciate that. And I hope everyone else out there uh, soaked in that wisdom a little bit, man. No, I think, I think it's great. Uh, You know, obviously you and I have been friends for a little while now. I don't know, it's something around a year uh we've been we've been hanging out with the same circle of friends every once in a while and it's always enjoyable uh, to get to chat with you a little bit especially about some of the stuff that you're working on so you said um you alluded to it a little bit but i w- i want to hear it um you said your next big hit well, what a, what's a big hit to jason how how big is that how big is that win <laughs> for it to be like all right let me let me take this out and buy some real estate
1: it's got to be it's gotta be minimum. Uh, I would say a hundred. Okay. You know? uh, that's a hundred
0: thousand, just for everyone out there listening and good. understanding. Yeah. No, that that's that's good. I haven't been
1: done in a while. It's been too long. Like in the summertime, I hit for twenty-five or fifteen, like back to back. So I walked away like thirty-five thousand in like two days. That was cool. Um, but you know, a hundred fifty or hundred, like especially now. So like I've I don't know what you call it, but I'm either really good at recruiting people or somewhat good at coaching people or somehow have, like, the lucky touch. But pretty much everybody I brought on to the team have had their biggest wins since they joined the team. I think it's part luck, part good recruiting of good people. And then I also think when people teach others – and really have a good heart about it, and have good karma on this side. It kind of that reflects through too. But Avi has won hundred thousand dollars two times since joining, and he never won more than like forty or fifty or thirty or forty. David won hundred thousand dollars, which was the most he's ever won um, since joining. And this is happening now, like a month or two after the people started joining. Um, not to that level, but this other guy from Long Island just joined the squad, James uh, Rocker, and he had like a couple three, $4,000 hits. He hit for $10,000 um, two weeks ago. Another guy from Canada that somehow is on the team. Um, we have people all over the country, which is hey. crazy.
0: Oh, uh, the multiple, international, dude. You're international. Yeah. You're in Canada.
1: <laughs> he hit for $4,000, and he was ecstatic. And then plenty of our subscribers, because all of our subscribers are like, you know, lower level players are risking two, five, $6 a night. Multiple people is like, I never won as much money in my life, $500, $600, $1,000. So, like, it's been kind of like passing around to everybody. So, it's really cool to wake up like, listen, don't get me wrong. I, I want to win $100,000. I'm due. Um, but it's cool waking up in the morning and I see, like, all the-, the chat rooms like, yo, thank you so much. I won $600 the most I ever won. So, it's a really good feeling to watch other people win. So, yeah, a big hit for me would be hundred grand. And uh, I don't know what I'll do. Nothing's going to change in my life. I know that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be smarter with that 100 grand. I'm just going to pass it to my wife and tell my wife we're going to go put this in real estate or just erase it from my mind so I don't see it. Right.
0: <laughs> Just do it again, right? Just do it again a couple times. Your daughter's got her college paid for. She's not even, what, one, two years old yet. So, you, you you just have some. just her ago, happy birthday to the little one. That's fantastic. So, a couple things uh, that I really liked about this story. First, there's, there's no such thing as luck, man. There's no such thing as coincidence. You brought on the right people. You taught them. You helped them. You got them to... Uh, to, uh, be a little bit better as, as our friend says, you let it go through you into them. And, uh, they got to win a lot of money because of it. So that uh, I, I believe it, it happened at the right time for the right reason. So congrats and, and take that. You deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, definitely, I mean, seeing, yeah, even though $600 to you might not be that much considering, you know, what you're looking for. And again, I, I want to get to your story about how you want $150,000 at one time, but, um, That'd be awesome just to, you know, some of these people, again, risking six, seven bucks coming away with a thousand dollars. Like that's, that's huge. You know, de- depending on your lifestyle, who you are, where you're some from. These
1: young, too. Some of these kids are like yeah. 21, 22. They're in yeah, college awesome. right now and that covers like a semester of partying for them. That'd be huge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Books also, but mostly the partying. I totally agree. Um, and I mean like, that's, that's awesome. Like if you could add a couple, like a thousand bucks here and there a couple times a year, like that's gigantic for a lot of people that, aren't really into risking too much, you know? So just to our point you, you made before. So I, I think it's awesome. You obviously get to have a lot of fun doing it. So that's very helpful. And, uh, sounds like, sounds like you really enjoy what you do, man. So, um, just a couple more questions Then I'll get let you get back to your discord chat. Cause I know you want to be there right now, but,
1: um, I'm enjoying this bro. Take your time. Don't worry. <laughs> um,
0: so, uh, I guess, so with someone starting out, so I know, I remember when you and I connected, if I'm not mistaken, you're a big baseball guy. Correct, like that's kind of where your daily fantasy really kind of hit its stride, right? Yep. So, so tell me more about, I guess, someone starting out like myself. I think I've made two lineups. Um, They've both lost horribly, but like someone like myself starting out in either baseball, football, basketball, or hockey—you know, sport of your choice—what what what are some of the suggestions you'd make for someone? You know, you're betting one, two dollars on a lineup on on a Tuesday, and you really think Mike Trout's going to hit a home run off the Baltimore Orioles pitcher? Like, what are some ideas each you got sport, for me
1: each sport is different so with basketball since we're in basketball season now you really got to follow the news every single day it's a frantic um you know a frantic level of news coming out this guy is injured this guy ate fish this guy went to the strip club this guy did this this guy did that this guy is sitting and it's all about minutes in basketball if you're on the floor for enough minutes there's going to be value um, in pricing and you got to follow the news and follow the trends it's all very statistical because like you said Mike Trout let's compare Mike Trout to LeBron James right both like at the top of their game in their respective sports so LeBron James he's not going to have a bad day meaning he's going to be on the floor for 35 minutes, unless it's a crazy blowout or he gets hurt, which is, doesn't happen so often in basketball, he's going to be in the floor for 35 minutes. He's going to get a rebound here, an assist here, a block there, a three-pointer here, and he's going to accumulate all these points. Mike Trout, on the other hand, can be facing the worst lefty in the league, playing in Yankee Stadium, you know, versus CC at the end of his career. Let's put it, put it out there. He should dominate him. He can go over 4. We're hitting four line drives to the fence and center field and they're all outs, you know, so it's a little bit tougher and you got to be a little bit more creative in baseball than in basketball. Baseball, what you really want to do is stack. You want to attack a pitcher with three or four guys from the same lineup. um, And your game theory is that this pitcher is going to get blown up. A guy's going to get a single. The guy behind him is going to hit a home run which means that the guy hits a home run gets an extra RBI and the guy who's on base gets a run and you're accumulating all those points and they're compounding. So with baseball, you want to stack it up. You want to get like three or four people from one team, three or four people from another team and hope that those two teams in different games or the same game score eight runs on one team and the other team scores 10 runs somehow. And you have all those points and those runs and those RBIs accumulating and you get extra at bats because if they blow up a pitcher Instead of getting three or four bats in a game, they might get five or six, which Mm -hmm. then will give them more opportunities to score points for you. So that's what you want to do. And pitching is super important in baseball. You want to pick a pitcher that gets strikeouts. That's how you can, you know, accumulate more points. And uh, guys who last long in a game, you know, not somebody who's got a pitch count of like 65 pitches that, you know, he's not going to last enough to kind of stretch out his innings Mm -hmm. and get his points. And football for me is the toughest sport. It's probably my weakest sport. Because there's so much variance. I don't really believe in my game enough because I don't believe in the game enough because a guy can run the ball 60 yard run and get stopped at the one. And then they give it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Touchdown points or vice versa. The guy can, you know, have 80 yards receiving the game. They get down to the red zone and they just give it to a running back. And then the quarterback doesn't get the touchdown because they hand it to the running back. So there's so many things. There's concussions. there's, just, like, you can never get in a coach's head for football because so, they're they're researching way more than I am. I didn't know that Bill Belichick is going to run this guy instead of that guy today. I didn't know that they're going to double-team this guy and they're going to take this guy out and they're going to go for this and go for that. It's very hard to read through these coaches' minds, and it happened so many times as your coach said, this guy's going to get all the touches. The game starts, yeah. the guy was the, the second or third string running back. Like. We just, you literally just said that Ronald Jones is going to be the starting running back for the uh, Bears years today. And it was all,
0: come on, whatever
1: his name and it flashbacks,
0: had been- dude, Peyton yeah. Barber. You're giving me yeah, flashbacks, you man. You, you know how many That's leagues I freaking started Ronald Jones in like get the free, ah, dude, that sucks. But yeah, yeah, you
1: can't read through that. But in baseball, you know, Mike Trout is batting first and he's playing the whole entire game In football. You really don't know what these coaches are thinking and you have the injuries on top of it. And then like, It's not like some guy hits a double and then it's like, you know what? I'm just going to stop in between first and second and (laughs) I'm going to go back. But in football, like technically that kind of happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy, some guy who's doing shitty all game, he breaks a tackle and runs for 80 yards. Like how the hell you predict – how do you predict blown coverages? Like you Mm -hmm. can predict they had secondaries, but blown coverages are blown coverages, you know. So football is tough, but, you know – there's days I had, I had good weeks this, week, this year, but I had more good weeks in basketball and in baseball than in football.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, That's awesome, man. I love it. I mean – It's
1: yeah. all it is. Work. Oh. Like anything else. The more work you put in, the better you're going to
0: get. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you gave me a lot of knowledge, especially on the basketball front. Like, I never – I mean, it's obvious after you say it, but you play more minutes, you have more opportunities to get rebounds, get steals, get points that – yeah, never really like kind of. I didn't. I, I knew that existed, but I never. I guess thought about it like that. I'm in a fantasy basketball league. It's a season long. I only do season long leagues because it's it's about the pride. I want to beat my friends a yeah. lot, like ready, really ready. badly. Um, I think you're,
1: if you're into basketball and you if you if you have the time between six and seven Eastern every day, um, you can hop in our Discord chat. When we get off this, I'll shoot you an invite to the Discord. And I think you'd probably if you love basketball and you're playing. See, I can't play season long no more for basketball or baseball because it's, it's like it's too much time, effort mm-hmm. for, for rewards for me. I'm kinda, mm-hmm. I need that immediate gratification of playing and winning the same night. Um, and it's a lot of work in fantasy basketball because you constantly be after changing your roster, picking up people, looking at the schedule. So you're doing a lot of work and you probably know what's going on. If you know what's going on you're doing that much work and you have time availability between 6, 30, and 7, 6 and 7 every day, you probably make some money in NBA DFS because it's the most consistent of all the sports because it's all numbers. Mm-hmm. And We'll get you on our cheat sheets, our projection models, and we'll, we'll help you make some money, man. You should try for a dollar, $2 a year and see what happens. Care. Don't blame me when you get addicted later, all right?
0: <laughs> well, as long as I get addicted to winning, I mean, that, that's fine with me, Jason. I'm not going to be angry about that. But yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take you up on that. Maybe I'll take you up on that. And then after I win a couple of bucks, I buy you a beer. How's that sound? I don't drink no more, man, but okay. you, you can buy me a, uh, a chicken. I'll, I'll buy you a $20 lunch. How's that sound?
1: I'll take a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Bring it
0: all right, dude. What about Popeye's? Have you had the Popeye's chicken sandwich yet?
1: I had it, bro. I'm a Chick-fil-A guy, man. Like, me too, was, but
0: I mean. It was good. It is right.
1: good. You know what the slept on chicken sandwich? Talk to me. Yes
0: the slept on chicken sandwich i mean i'll be honest those are the only two chicken sandwiches i eat other than the one my grandma makes me so all right next time you're at shake shack oh you're right no 100 percent i take that back i'm a liar that <laughs> one's delicious uh, whatever that sauce is that they have on it it's dude it's the best
1: Chick-fil-A. it's bigger than chick-fil-a and you know it's fresh it's really slept on man i don't if i go to shake shack i don't even think about a hamburger i go straight to the chicken
0: shack me too. That, I, 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 I'm a liar. Uh, hand up. That's on me. I, um, I was in New York. I don't remember what I was for. And someone was going to Shake Shack. And I was like, oh just just like, grab me something. Assuming they'd get me a hamburger because you're going to a burger place. They come back with a chicken sandwich. I'm not angry. I don't care. It's eight bucks. I'll pay for it. Absolutely delicious. And that's all I order whenever I go to Shake Shack now. There's one have, about seven a, minutes from my house.
1: I have a similar story. We're in Vegas on a bachelor party. And there was like some sketchy looking lady outside twirling. A chicken sandwich we started making fun of it, like who's gonna get a chicken sandwich and then we go wait online I'm like oh damn that chicken sandwich looks pretty good right now so we each got one chicken sandwich and one uh hamburger and that's the last shake shack hamburger i've had in my life because i've been all chicken sandwich from then on out
0: the only place i still get shake shack hamburgers is city field for whatever reason you want to know the reason i don't know I, do i want to you, know the reason I'll tell you, I'll Do tell you i want to know the
1: reason i'll tell you the reason because I waited on that line for a chicken sandwich for like about an hour, and they don't have the chicken sandwich at Ooh. at City Field. They only have so I literally waited for a chicken sandwich. Oh. I finally get it up there because it was you know how bad that line is. Oh, right? that line's
0: three innings long. Damn,
1: these guys only have chicken. I, I I ended up getting a hamburger, but I got really disappointed because I wanted that chicken sandwich.
0: Yeah, dude. No, that's I I honestly have never tried to order a chicken sandwich from there, so I did not know that they didn't exist. I just whatever for whatever reason the burgers that is the best Shake Shack hamburger I've ever had is in city fields. And I've had it multiple times and there's two near me and I've had them both and doesn't even compare You're whatever they're doing. Kid, right? No, I'm a fan.
1: All right. So I'm a fan too. That's probably it tastes better. Cause you got the maybe, say maybe,
0: you know, maybe it's also the couple beer that I had right before I <laughs> ate the chicken sandwich. But uh, all right, dude, last, last story I'm, I'm asking for. So thank you again. I'll, uh, I'll hop on the discord. I'll make some money. I'll buy you a, a Shake Shack chicken sandwich. There you know you what? Go. We'll do taste test. We'll buy all three chicken sandwiches. We'll each have half we'll call it a night. It'll be great. Um, so in your book, uh, one of the first stories and I loved it. And I think it's awesome. Um, with you walking your dog and you did great to stop in the description. So when, it, uh, when everyone is finished with this, uh, all that's, all the links are going to be in the um, description so you can go buy Jason's book cause it's fantastic. But, um, can you please tell me the story of when you won $150,000? Cause I read it, but, and I read it in your voice cause we've spoken enough, but can you just tell me, I mean, give me, I don't know the five, 10 minute version, whatever you want. Uh, just to, just so everyone else out there can get a little taste of what they're going to read.
1: Yeah. So the five, 10 minute version is basically I've been playing for about a year. You know, we started with baseball. I heard of commercials when I heard these commercial fan doing and DraftKings. it was FanDuel first. I'm like, is this made specifically for me? It, brings out competition. There's money involved. I'm an entrepreneur and it's all about sports. I'm like, and it doesn't have the tilting factor and it didn't didn't really need the discipline that sports betting did. So I'm like, this is perfect. So I started playing my first year, ups and downs, trying to learn everything. There wasn't any resources out there for, you know, sites like what I, what I'm running now. So you're basically on your own. You don't really know anybody. You don't know what the hell's going on. You don't know about the rules. You don't know what to do and you just start trying things. So did my first year, lost some money, did football, did basketball, jumped back into baseball. And there was like a big tournament that they announced. It was called the King of the Diamond. And they announced it that it was going to be like at the end of the summer. So you can like win these satellite tickets into this tournament. So like they're $200 tournament tickets that you can amass for lower amounts. So you can win like a $10 tournament to beat 20 people and win a $200 ticket. So, as the season went on, I, I got seven tickets. So I was like, all right, you know, there's there was like 2,300 people in the tournament. I'm like, all right, I got seven tickets. It's the most tickets I ever had. I never really spent that much money before on tournaments. You know, this is the biggest tournament prize pool ever for that was ever around at that point in time. Now they're so much bigger, but the tournament came up and I was playing all season long, so I felt good about it. I knew what day it was gonna be, so I'm like, all right, let me prepare a little bit extra, a couple days ahead. And went in and uh, basically entered the tournament with seven different lineups. My core was pretty much the same, core of three, four, five guys. Switched out a couple pitchers, you know, had Chris Archer in one, had this guy in one, had this guy in one, and kind of blended it around. So I had a couple different variations of the same core. And I, if I remember correctly, you know, I was hanging out with my wife, went out to dinner, came back. She, at that point, kind of didn't really – she didn't know how big the industry got and also wasn't so fond of it at that point. You know, it was like, it was taking up all my time. I was checking my phone at dinners, researching all day, all night. And she she saw me playing and this, that, and the other thing. She didn't, she didn't stop it, but she wasn't like promoting it. Like it was such a good thing that I was sitting there on my phone and my computer all day long. But she was supportive of it because she knew I enjoyed it. So we went out. I looked at my lineups, had a couple lineups that were doing well, a couple lineups that were doing in the middle of pack. And as the night goes on, I realized that I have, like, now I have, like, three or four teams in, like, in the top 100. And a couple of teams are flirting in the top, like, 20 to 30. I'm like, oh, this might be getting kind of serious right now. So my wife goes to sleep. And then um, I realized that one of my teams – two of my teams pop in the top 10 and one of them top, pops in first place. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is – this is really, really, really serious right now. Now I'm starting to freak out. But I knew I'd been there before where, you know, games start at 7 o'clock. They don't finish like 1 o'clock. And there's a whole period of time that you're just kind of sweating. It's called a sweat because you're really nervous. Your Your heart re- your heartbeat elevates and your blood pressure rises because you're like, oh, my God, I'm winning $1,000 or $10,000 or $100,000 or whatever it is. And basically I was in first place. Around nine o'clock, and I knew I had to ride this out all the way to one o'clock in the morning, and this was not going to be fun. And like some people, I guess, kind of enjoy it. Like, I don't enjoy (laughs) sitting there, like, stressing out, like, oh my God, if something goes wrong, this whole thing is all taken away from me. Like, I'd rather just be in last place, or I'd rather be trying to catch first place. Being in first place and seeing everybody chasing you down is just not a good feeling. It's a good feeling in some sense that you're in contention but it's a stressful position to be in um in that place so i just started doing stuff i didn't watch any of the games so i'm like i'm winning right now i don't want to watch any of the games. so i started doing all the chores in the house i've been kind of like
2: yeah
1: procrastinating on yeah yeah like i put the dishes away i filed paperwork for my old business which literally I, i i procrastinated on for maybe like six to eight months Then I started taking my dogs for walks. So I took my dog out for one walk. I was still in first place, came back upstairs, did more chores. And then I was like, I have nothing left to do. Like, I can't just sit in a dark room. And my wife already fell asleep. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take my dog for another walk. It was summertime. So I'm like, I'm just keeping my dog outside, walking around in circles until this is over. And I knew how to fade Mike Trout and other West Coast players because I knew people had them. So I literally just walked up and down my block talking to myself, talking to the dog, talking to God, straight up, like, you know, saying, please, God, let this hold, let this win hold up, and I just got on walking in circles, walking in circles, and finally, when all the games ended, I, you know, every, like, half an hour, I couldn't fight the urge, I had to check my phone again, so I checked my phone again, it was over, all the games ended, and then I went back upstairs, and then I had to tell my wife, exactly what I went through for the past like three and a half hours <laughs> and it was probably like around twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning and I woke her up and she's a dead sleeper. Like she's like out cold, unconscious and she'll be talking about like sleep talking and talking about random stuff. So I had to get her up. I'm like, guess what happened? And, you know, you know, you got woken up at one o'clock in the morning and my father, you know, was sick at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, she like, did something happen? And I'm like I'm like, guess what happened? She's like, what happened? I'm like, guess what happened? She's like, what? I'm like, I won a tournament on FanDuel. She's like, how much? I'm like, take a guess. So she starts off. I don't know what she said. Mm Ten thousand. You know, we work our way up. No higher. No higher. No. (laughs) And she's like, are you serious? And then when I told her, like, yeah, this is this is effing serious. It was just you know her hopping on the bed, definitely shed a tear or two. You know, both of us because you know. We both had good jobs at the time, but we weren't rich. My parents aren't rich at all. So it's life-changing money to win $155,000 in one night playing daily fantasy sports. Like, you never thought that this day would ever come. So, you know, that time I was smart. You know, that went towards the down payment of my house. That was, like, that wasn't something I was going to play around with. And, you know, I was really smart about it. The second time around, stupid. You know, like – you know, I learned my lesson the second time around. The third time around, go back to being smart. You know, I'll do something smart with it. Hopefully, you know, win a million maker. You know, that's something I still have on my bucket list. Did you hear about the story of what happened this past weekend?
0: I was, that was going to, I said that was my last story, but I remembered I just wrote it down. Um, yes, I did. Uh, you might have a little bit more insight than I do. I was trying to explain it to my fiance. Um, and I really couldn't understand, like, how to explain it well enough. So if you don't mind, if you don't mind telling everybody what that woman from The Bachelor, I can't believe she did that to you, Jason.
1: Yeah, she didn't do it. Um, full disclosure. You know, so basically, I never did what they do. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, explain what they did, please.
1: So basically, after they, the industry grew so fast, so big, the prize pools, the only way the prize pools can grow this big is by allowing people to enter more than once mm-hmm. you know so there are single entry tournaments where you go only enter one time and then there's tournaments you can enter 30 times or 50 times or 100 times and then they usually cap out of 150 so somebody can go in using a computer algorithm or an optimizer uh, which we're actually working on building for our own site um, which should be up and running like the next couple of weeks and what an optimizer does is you can play around with like different codes and stuff like that you know easy way to explain it you can build out you know 150 lineups with one click of the button these optimizers are not like perfect though it's not like you click it you automatically win i click it i automatically win because if that's the case then everybody just have mm-hmm. the same lineup and they win so you got to play around with it you got to build out these functions in there that separates guys you like separate guys you don't like raise projections on certain guys. So what happened is uh the husband put in 150 lineups. And I've seen this before. I'm not going to mention names, but there's people in the industry that work in tandem, work in threes, work in fours, and I'm sure I don't know what the agreements are, but they're like, "All right, I'm going to let enter 150 lineups. You're going to enter 150 lineups? Yeah, I'm going to enter 150 lineups too." So you have two or three people entering 150 lineups. So instead of you know overlapping they now have 300 lineups or 450 lineups. So what happened this past weekend, so it's been happening over and over again. There's there's pros out there that work together to optimize 300, 450. God knows. Maybe there's five pros that I don't even know about that are doing it at 750 and they're going in and working in tandem and they have some kind of split going. If they win $100,000, they each get $20,000, whatever the case may be. So it's happening. It's been happening. There's not much anybody can do about it because DraftKings or FanDuel, they can't validate the fact that, you know, somebody entered 150, but he was really talking to somebody else down the block who also entered 150, and they kind of worked together to not have the same lineup. Have similar, but not the same. So it just happens to be super funny that husband and wife end up entering lineups together, using the same system to optimize these lineups, Somebody posted, you know, you can kind of research your lineups after the fact. And the girl ended up winning. The bachelorette Mm -hmm. ended up winning. And then people started digging around. And I've seen some funny, funny shit that's been floating around now where, like, I guess they were on stage because they're somewhat B-list or whatever you call them, celebrities. And um, on one of the shows I guess they were on, like, what do you hate most about what your husband does? And then, you know, when you had, like, kind of, like, the, the husband has to answer the question, like, blindly and right on the thing, he put up, play fantasy football. Yeah. So, like, and then and she has a post on Twitter, like, yeah, my, my husband's making these fantasy lineups, and I'm stuck doing this. Like, she has all these clues that she obviously doesn't do it, and now she ended up winning a million dollars in technically her name, but there's enough proof that unless they lie under oath, that, you know, it kind of leans on the fact that they colluded together to do this. Who knows how big the syndicate is because there's rumors now it might have been bigger than just them two. could have been a third person potentially or God knows who. But I don't know how they prove it, man. Like, I really don't know. Like, technically, me and my wife can both like fantasy sports.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We can both, like, am I not – Am I not allowed to help my wife? No, I'm allowed to help my wife make her lineups. I'm helping people on win daily sports. I'm helping people who are my friends you know with you know suggestions. so who's to say that husband didn't help wife, and if he knows how to use the system, say, "Hey, you know, do it this way. Do it that way. You know, I already have these guys, so hey, we're a family. <laughs> Don't play the same lineup as me. like mm-hmm. how do you really protect against that so going to be interested, but did you hear the second part of the story? I don't know if you've been following it.
0: I haven't. Not that closely. I didn't the know there was a second place, part.
1: The second place guy got like big time lawyer who's um, involved in sports, who's been protect. You know, he's, he's uh, mm-hmm. I don't know his name, but he's been, you know, he's, he's a strong, strong lawyer who's going after the second place guy hired this strong sports lawyer or whatever he is. I saw his resume. I don't remember who he represented in the past, but it wasn't like Joe from the block. It was like real deal people. So it's going to be interesting how he goes at it now. Like to prove that these people included and the bachelor and bachelorette are going to have to dump a million dollars to this guy and they get excluded from the winnings. That'd be pretty damn crazy. Oof. I think yeah. DraftKings might save face, you know, maybe pay them both out just to squash it and move it away. There's got to be some kind of settlement that happens. I think.
2: Yeah. I think they
1: end up paying second place maybe a million dollars, letting them keep the million dollars. They probably lose like $900,000 because second place is $100,000. So they probably play. But then who's to say third place shouldn't Uh, get money? I was going to say, yep. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of messed up. My boy Avi earlier this week, he finished in third place like five weeks ago, four weeks ago because Dallas Goddard couldn't catch, like, one extra pass. So I'm like, yo, Avi, yo, maybe you should uh go get that same lawyer and see if you deserve a second or first place, because maybe, maybe there's some more money in there for you, man.
0: Hey, man, I mean, it, especially with the money being as big as it is now. I mean, I remember a few years ago, really when it was starting to get huge, if I'm not mistaken, like, people that worked at FanDuel would be able to see all the lineups, and then they'd go – to DraftKings and put in a lineup that was very unique compared to all. So, like, with that in mind, or if even if you know that better and you can explain no, it better, I it
1: pretty damn good. Yeah, they, oh. they new player ownership early in the day, so they knew this guy's gonna be super high owned. This guy's gonna be super low owned. The variance that this low guy can be as good as the high guy made sense to play the low guy instead of the high guy. Mm-hmm. You know? So people went ahead and did that, and it happens to be a guy used that information, whether or not, it wasn't like he, it was guaranteed that was going to work, but it was an advantage that he had over the rest of the field, which is Mm -hmm. unfair, and that's why no more employees are allowed to play fantasy sports if you Mm -hmm. work for one of these companies. So I think that was definitely worse. This, I don't know how they change it, man. I really don't know. If they change it, that means the prize pool is going to lower because if people can't enter the 150, and they can only maybe max enter twenty, then they're not going to be able to fill up these million maker tournaments because the mm-hmm. prize pools will shrink, which may not be a bad thing, you know. I, I but they, I don't see a way that they ever go from one fifty down to one only, you know. And if it's yeah, you know, so it can reduce the possible collusion, but it'll never fully go away. But mm-hmm. it would reduce it a lot if we chop the one fifty down to maybe thirty lineups each or, or fifty
0: lineups each. Mm-hmm. yeah and i mean that's just like with with it being so you even said it before like there are sharks trying to take stupid people like me they're trying to take my money they know that i i'm not working in collusion with three or four other people i'm not putting in 150 lineups um other than that opportunity we're just saying like, well, let's chop it down do you have any suggestions for the industry on maybe kind of how to tamper this or how to like at least just make it so that the normal guy the the regular public joe can actually go in and not feel like hey I'm putting $5 or something I actually have a chance it's more like roulette less like you know <laughs> playing playing blackjack but you that everyone else knows the cards
1: yeah after that whole thing happened last time they made some changes so somebody like you starting off there's beginners only contest so if you play, if you want a certain amount of money or won a certain amount of tournaments, you can't play in those contests. So my first suggestion is play those,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, cause that automate automatically removes all the people who played. And the threshold on that is like, like I broke that threshold like six, seven years ago, you know, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. only for newbies for like their first hundred wins. They can be in there. So, um, and they do a great job at restricting those contests. So in, in that sense, Play those beginner contests. And then also there's single entry contests where it max, you can only enter one time. And there's nice tournaments, especially for football, where there's a 1,000 people in there and you can put 50 bucks in and it's a single entry tournament and you can win $10,000 or $20,000. You know? So that would be my suggestion is do single entry tournaments, do smaller pool tournaments like a 100-person tournament, um, do a 50-person tournament. Or if you just want to make money, if your goal is to make money, not millions, but make money, play cash games, play a head-to-head game, play a 50-50 game where there's 20 people to enter, 10 people double up their money. If you do that consistently over time and you prove like, okay, I can do that at the $1 level. Can I do that at the $2 level? Can I do that at the $5 level? One, two, and five are pretty much the same. Um, So, if every day I can enter $50 and I'm doubling it up, I'm making $50 a day, $50 a day times 30, even if you don't win every day, so say you win out of the 30 days, you win 20 days and you lose 10 days you make 50 bucks a day, that's $6,000 a year that you just now made playing daily fantasy sports. The problem comes in, and I've seen it in our Discord chat all the time, is when Oh, I lost. Oh, I lost all his money. You entered a dollar tournament with 300,000 people. Like the chances of you winning that tournament and making money is very, very slim. And these big tournaments with 300,000 people only pay out the top 15 to 20% maximum. So that means you got to beat, you know... (laughs) What's the math on that? you gotta beat two hundred and fifty thousand people or two hundred and twenty thousand people, whatever the case may be mm-hmm. That's not good odds you know yeah. i'd rather i rather beat one person head to head I'd rather be in the top fifty percent of a twenty person or a hundred person field where I can double up my money so you can go in there and make money if you're disciplined and you don't have the expectations to win first place. you know so many people text me, I get some scary texts, but like. <laughs> full disclosure, like some of the texts I get, I'm like, I, I show it to some of my, you know, people working them, I'm like, how do I even answer this? Like, dude, you shouldn't be like, go get a job. Like <laughs> if, if if the situation is that, but it's scary to me. It's like, if I just hit one tournament, my life would be good. I don't know, man, the way you put it, put it out there, that's probably not going to help your life much because $1,000 is, you know, shouldn't sway you. Like, fixing your entire life. And my life mm-hmm. is so bad. And now if I just got that $1,000 hit, nah, you, you can't think like that. So I think the mindset is really important. You know, for somebody like you, I would say play these double-ups, play these single-entry tournaments. And if you have a $100 of risk every month, allocate like 90% of it in double-ups and head-to-head games. And then 10% of it do these single-entry tournaments where if you do have a great night, now instead of making $10 on your money, you just made a hundred bucks and now your bankroll gets larger.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. Man, I can't wait. This Discord chat is going to be awesome. I'm going to learn so much in the next few days. Awesome. Jason, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I don't need to keep you from your daughter. I know she's asleep, but you got to think about her a little bit and you got to get to that Discord chat too now. Uh, One more time, Jason Mizrahi, win daily sports dot com
1: man don't forget the dot com dot
0: com son of a bitch i had it this whole line i didn't really didn't have it at all um author sports writer radio host podcast host all around great guy jason sincerely appreciate your time today man
1: i appreciate your time man you've been a, a great host and you thank know, you knows, man how uh, did
0: yeah how did my uh I'll, I'll i'll let this keep recording so we all know how did, how did my job interview go
1: you might have a future man oh, you know you gotta we'll get me like, a, a pilot um and um as long as you take a trip to the city, man, I'll put you on the short list. Oh, who can back me up? Uh, I gotta do the show by myself on Saturday, so you never know, man. Hey, man. Maybe after your first big win, you gotta get a big win under your belt. So. All right,
0: all right. Well, with your help, you man, man win, I, it.
1: That that can put that you can put on your resume, and then we'll take it from there.
0: Sounds like if I just join your team, forty thousand dollars is waiting for me in the wings. So, I mean, that's uh, sounds good to me, man. I'm ready when you are.
1: All right, man. We'll talk soon then.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of For the Love of Sports. Um, on a personal note, I would really like to say thank you and and sincerely, sincerely mean that. This is the actual favorite thing that I get to do. Just talk to incredible people, have great conversations, and I learn and hopefully you're learning something and hopefully we can laugh along the way. So if you could, please give this a five-star review. If you could, please share this. Um, subscribe to it do whatever you have to do the more people that do that the more these stories and these conversations get out and i'm really hoping that one day um one day soon this will be something that I get to do as a full-time job um, on top of my other full-time job, of course. But this is an absolute blast. Sincerely appreciate it. Check the show notes for all social media handles. Anything that came from the episode, we'll have everything down there and I hope you really did enjoy it. So if there's anything I can do better, please make sure to reach out. Uh, My email address, michael.rezeal1 at gmail. Please make sure to check me out on LinkedIn, uh, on Instagram and and just reach out because I'm willing to answer any questions. And hey, if you got a cool story, I'd love to have you on as well. So thank you so much. Sincerely appreciate it and I hope you make it a wonderful day.